welcome to Spiritual and Ambitious. I'm your host, Whitney McNeil. I'm a certified medium and spiritual teacher, and I help spiritual and ambitious souls just like you live your life purpose through your career and attract abundance by connecting into your intuition and spirit guides. Let's get spiritual and ambitious. Hey, spiritual and ambitious soul. We have a new episode today, and I'm so excited to share with you human design and gene keys. But of course, I have a guest expert talking all about this, Brie Keurig, and can't wait for her to give you all this wisdom. She's going to be talking about how human design and gene keys can strengthen the role of your intuition in your business. Brie is a 5-1 splenic projector for all of you out there who already know a little bit about human design. She's a podcaster, a certified human design and gene keys business coach, certified online business manager, and beach lover. With over 15 years of marketing experience distilling all the online business practices and trends into clearly articulated strategies for clients of all sizes and industries, Brie has realized her passion of examining the deeper purpose behind different tactics to help you find the most aligned way to build your business by tapping into your own intuition. And I was recently on Brie's podcast and she gave me some very enlightening information. So prepare to be inspired and activated into aligned action when you work with her, but also when you hear her. So Brie, thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Whitney, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am too. Human design has been so eye-opening for people that I've worked with, and I've talked about it before I for myself and for my husband, and I think it's really cool that you can utilize it in your business, and that's one area that I really haven't explored as much of, so I cannot wait for this conversation today. And you know, when you and I talked on your podcast, you gave me so much insightful information that was so helpful. So I did want to ask, how did you get started with human design and especially in business? Yeah, so it was kind of just a beautiful <laughs> merging of things. So I had a very growing up, very traditional, like corporate upbringing with school and jobs and like followed that path that you're supposed to take that I think a lot of us do growing up. We, you know, go to college, we get a good job, we kind of just go up the corporate ladder. And my early career was in marketing specifically, like just different kinds of marketing and things like that. And it got to the point where I had a job at a certain company on my vision board, like what I was really aiming to do. And realized at one point that I had actually manifested it, like almost forgot, like five, you know, it was like five years had passed. I almost forgot and ended up getting this job and realized that after a couple months there that I just absolutely, it was not a good fit for me in many, many ways. And I don't want to take too long describing it, but it was just like, oh my gosh, what happened here? Like, I thought this is what I wanted and it wasn't anything. I had that kind of going on in one aspect of my life. And I think a lot of that journey started opening me up a lot more spiritually. I went through just that personal struggle, like with a career and like finding purpose. And at the same time, I had a couple close like deaths in the family and things like, like a lot of things that kind of just started like opening me up a lot more to just be curious of like, is this all there is? Or how do I make the most out of the, this life that we have and things like that? And so it opened me up to a lot of 
you know, just starting to connect to my intuition, like starting to connect to my guides, looking at different modalities to help with that, things like astrology and just like simple things too, like meditation and journaling and free writing and all of these things. But the one thing that really stuck when I learned about human design, I heard about it on a podcast. It just, I felt it like, so this is my splenic authority for those of you who understand human design is like, as soon as I heard about it, I just knew that it was something I needed to pay more attention to. And I felt very seen by it. And I felt just immediately called to really dive into it. And so long story short, you know, I'm still going through like using all these tools to help just with my personal growth and personal spiritual development. And from there, just eventually they, I was doing them in a silo and I even left that job and started my own business at one point and just felt at one point in 2020, I kind of hit a road with my own business and my own journey in that regard and finally decided to start combining them. I had all of this business experience. I had a lot of marketing experience. I became an online business manager. So I was working with a lot of online entrepreneurs who are all different stages of business. And I realized how much human design and gene keys were helping me in my own business as well. And so I started just exploring what that meant. And now that's what I work with, with the, my own clients and, and people that I speak to as well. Oh, you know, I like that. I actually majored in marketing in college and then I got into it and I was like, wait a minute, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, it's so interesting because the tool of marketing helps me as an entrepreneur now, but isn't it funny how we move into what our soul wants us to do, but our brain can't quite figure it out yet. So I like your journey. I think so many people listening can understand Oh, yeah, I get that. You know, I've had some experiences in my life that really brought me into the spiritual part of who I am. But I do want to ask you, Brie, because there's going to be so many people listening going, what is human design? Can, <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, can you explain in a way, because I know it's there's so much behind human design, what it is for everyone listening who's wondering what we're talking about? Yeah, so human design is... It's called the science of differentiation. And what it is, is every person, when you come into this world, you have a unique energetic blueprint. And human design is a like a mix of all sorts of different ancient wisdom. So there's astrology, there's Kabbalah, there's the Chinese I Ching system, the Indian chakra system, and all of those, plus some modern sciences such as quantum mechanics and neuroscience and biochemistry, all of those come together in this science. And with that, it just, in a way, it tells you how your energy best operates in this world. So it can tell you everything from how you're designed to just operate, how you're designed to create, how you best interact with others and how you best exchange energy with others. And it can tell you a lot about the journey, like what your biggest lessons are in this life and how, you know, what your strengths are and potentially what those common shadows are that are going to trip you up along the way. And that's why I absolutely love it. Like if I were to sum it up in one sentence, like why I absolutely love it, love human design so much, considering all of these different things with, you know, how you interact with others, how you understand yourself, how you understand what your purpose is in this world is that it ultimately helps you connect with your intuition to help you strengthen that bond with your intuition and trust yourself more as you make these decisions or you take these actions or you get pulled in certain ways or decide to take action on certain things. 
So basically human design is like this beautiful book and everybody needs to understand it. <laughs> but really, <laughs> but really when I say book, I mean this book of knowledge and Brie helps you simplify it because the great thing is you have studied it. And I think that one of the qualities that really help you stand out is to make it make sense for the person because <laughs> there's so much information and and you really pick out, you know, what that person needs to hear with your intuition, but also all the experience that you have. But you know, I'm going to ask you this next question. Well, what's Gene Keys? <laughs> Can you share yeah. a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah. So just to continue the story of how the system developed. So the man who had the download of combining all of the systems into human design, his name is Ra Uruhu. And one of his early students who studied human design for, I think, 30 years, or I can't do the math in my head right now, but <laughs> he had his own download where essentially Gene Keys, there's a lot of overlap and connection between human design and Gene Keys. So if you look and you see like, oh, you have a certain gate in human design, there's a corresponding key in Gene Keys. And so there's a lot of overlap, but the big difference, so human design, I almost see as like your human operating manual. It gives you a lot of information about how energy flows and how to best interact with others. And it, it tells you those things. In Gene Keys, it's more about the story of your journey to connecting back to your soul and the journey that your soul has been through. So in Gene Keys, there's something called the golden path. And you follow this path through all of these different keys or spheres that basically give you, um, there's three main paths. One helps you activate your genius. The other helps you open your heart to connection and just come back to your heart. And the third helps you align with your purpose. And so whereas human design is like the operating manual, like I said, Gene Keys is really, it's about, it's more archetypal and connecting to archetypes and helping you embrace those shadows and connect more to the gifts. It's a lot more contemplative. So whereas human design, you can kind of see things and you can pinpoint things like, oh, that's something I need to look out for. That's something where I can, do, you know, a strength of mine. Gene Keys is a lot more contemplative, reflective. Like there's a, it's, it's almost like, um, I think of it as like a slower but deeper process of getting to know yourself, connecting to yourself and activating your gifts and opening your heart and just really connecting back to your soul. Mm, that sounds really powerful. Okay, I'm going to break it down a little bit for everyone listening. So I'm going to give you an example if you're listening right now. So I found out that I'm a generator, which I'm going to ask Bri to explain in a minute in a way that you'll understand if you're not familiar with this. I'm a pure generator, but my husband's a manifesting generator. And what's interesting is I've always noticed that he goes from highs to lows really fast or his energy is really high. And he can be working on so many things at once. Whereas for me, my energy is a bit slower and steady and consistent. And I can't work on all the things at once. So we've noticed this. And it even happens with emotion. He'll kind of go up really fast. 
and then let it all out and he's done, my emotion kind of builds and builds and builds until I finally release it. So when we learned about human design and he was a manifesting generator and I'm a generator, it made sense that generators do have that kind of consistent energy where they will kind of do the same thing over and over and master it. And manifesting generators can just have all this beautiful energy and do a lot of things at once. So I'm going to ask you, Bree, just for everyone listening, because I do think this will really help. Could you maybe give a couple qualities for each main type? And I don't even know if that's the right word type, but I Mm -hmm. am thinking that this might really help everyone listening before we get into some of these questions. Yeah. And just to back up a step, so in human design, like as you can imagine, like I described earlier, it's the combining of many different ancient wisdoms. And so you can get very deep. It's something I've been studying for six years and I'm still studying it. Like it's something, it's a very deep science, but at the same time, it's very easy to get started. Like there's layers that you can go into almost. And so what Winnie is talking about here is kind of the first layer, one of the very first things that you learn about human design is your type. So of all the different designs that you could potentially have, they're grouped into five different types. So with Whitney being a generator, her husband being a manifesting generator, those are two. And then the other three are projector, manifester, and reflector. And so just to help everyone kind of understand, like there's things when I talk about gates, like that's getting a little bit more specific. But if you don't know where to start, starting at your type is absolutely one of the places to get started. So just starting with Whitney's type as a generator, generator is really the builder of the collective. So what defines a generator and then also in a way defines a manifesting generator, but in a different way, which I'll explain in a second, is the life force energy to really be able to create something out of an idea or to like literally build. Like there's a lot of life force, a lot of creation energy. So that can be in terms of ideas and inspiration, but that can also be like physically building things such as, well, I should not physical. I mean, it could be building a house, but I also mean like building a business, building some sort of infrastructure, building a unique idea, things like that. And so that like, as Whitney described, that generator energy is, it's, I don't want to say slow and steady, but it's more of an enduring energy that can continue if as long as you're doing the things that really feed that life force energy. So if you're trying to force things that aren't feeding your own life force energy, it can feel very forceful or frustrating. Whereas if you're doing the things that feed your life force energy, it's almost like a perpetual energy machine where if you're doing those things that feed your life force energy, you have more and more energy to get them done. Ooh, Yeah, I like that. (laughs) And I was kind of wondering too, you know, if you know, like a business owner that is really well known for each type, maybe that would help too. Oprah, I think, is a um, generator, if I've seen that right. I think, to be honest, (laughs) that's not my strong suit, knowing pop culture references. But um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's actually not mine either. But I thought, (laughs) oh, I wonder if this will help other people kind of identify, you know, how people maybe have used their human design in their business. But keep on going. That sounds 100% (laughs) like me. Yes. (laughs) The manifester is really the visionary of the collective. They are the ones that kind of see the future and they're the ones that really move the masses to build that future. So a manifester is really great at inspiring the generators and the manifesting generators, the builders of the collective to really like 
align with their vision and point them in the direction to like build that that vision and that future that they're seeing. So in some ways, manifestors, like when they're really in their element, I would say, or like really doing what is aligned for them, like they're inspiring the masses, they're inciting them into action. On the flip side, sometimes that can also be seen as um, sometimes they're a little bit abrasive or they have that like when they're young and they're doing their thing in alignment, but and when they're young, they're almost like told to not be so bossy or told to just like, you're too much. And so I think there's a lot of, you know, with that manifestor being able to see the future, helping get people excited about that future and helping them build that future that they see. So then- I, I've got to say that's that's really interesting because I know some manifestors in my life, and um, I feel like they've also had that said to them in some place, so they've really had to work on that. But here's what I'm going to do just for fun: every time you say a type, I've looked up famous human design people. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, so <laughs> a, apparently, Adele is a manifester. So if you're out there and and you know who Adele is, Adele's a manifester. Okay. Keep on going. (laughs) That totally makes sense because she uses her voice. So a big thing with the manifest, right? Because they're speaking words to truth. So that totally makes sense because Adele's a singer and she has that strong voice that literally just moves people, like emotionally moves people. And she changed, like she was revolutionary in the music industry when she came on the scene, you know, like everyone knows Adele. She kind of just like, I know this is not what actually happened, but it felt like she really burst on the scene and really moved people with her voice. So that makes a lot of sense, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And I I did confirm, it looks like Oprah is a pure generator and so is Beyonce is what I'm seeing. So, all right, I've got the types. (laughs) (laughs) I love that we're doing this. Yeah, I mean, that just, that makes sense. Like Oprah, her that life force energy for her is really just connecting. I don't know the details beyond that in her chart, but it's like when you do the things that light you up. So for her, you know, it was very much just connecting to people and like building that strong connection through the interviews and getting to know people on a very, I bet she has a lot of intimacy in her chart. I wouldn't be surprised if she had a, quite a bit of that just because of what she does. But it's like the more energy you put into the things you love, the more it like, quote unquote, pays off. And I don't always mean just in terms of finances, but like, you know, it's like the more energy you put into the things you love, the more the momentum builds in that direction. Oh, I love it. All right. What's the next type? Yeah. So manifesting (laughs) generator is a combination of that generator. So that enduring life force energy with the manifester, which is that visionary and almost like what I can't think of the word I'm trying to say, but it's like that very igniting energy where there's that vision and you're moving people into action. So the manifesting generator really sits at the middle of that in a way. I think of them as the innovator of the collective where they see where the future is going, but at the same time, they also see the gaps or things that exist right now that will prevent that future from happening. And so they use that manifestor energy to get people excited about what's getting there, but they can also see the gaps. So they know either they're building the fixes to those gaps or building the things that will help overcome those gaps, or they're getting people excited about building the things that prevent us from getting to that future. So there's like that enduring energy mixed with that very like visionary energy together. So they see the future, but they also have that energy to sustain them and building it. 
Oh, okay. A famous manifesting generator is Tony Robbins. That makes so much sense. I get that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so manifesting generator. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And the other thing about manifesting generators, because they have that life force energy, they also have what's called, so there's nine centers in human design. Um, and some of them are called motor centers, energy centers. So they have a lot of energy. And so a lot of manifesting generators are very well known as multi-passionates, and just always have a lot of things like irons in the fire, a lot of plates twirling, whatever analogy you want to use for that, because they just have a lot of energy and there's a lot of things that excite them. And so with Tony Robbins, that makes a lot of sense because he's known for business, but he's also known for money. He has courses on relationships and like he has like all these different things that he has his perspective on and that he teaches to others. So that makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Yeah, that's so interesting. This is exciting. Okay, what's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is, I'll speak to is projectors, which that is mine. So I'm very near and dear to projector. <laughs> All of this with projector, but a projector, so they, unlike the manifesting generator and even the manifester, they don't, well, manifestors don't have the sacral center defined, which is what defines the generator and the manifesting generator. So a projector doesn't have the same quote unquote energy that those other types do. So a projector is very well known as the guide of the collective. I almost think of them as the integrator of the collective. There's someone who basically is, if you think of it in like very corporate terms, it's almost like they're the manager of the team that is the collective in a way because they see the vision that the manifester paints. They understand it. They see it. They see all of these people getting excited to build this future and they help people do the, you know, the group or the team do things as efficiently and as effectively as possible. So they're able to say, oh, this is amazing. Well, wouldn't it be better if we do this or this? They're very good at seeing people very deeply. So projectors have a what's called a piercing aura. So it's like they see people very deeply. If And so with that, it's like sometimes for me as a projector, I just need to be careful. Like I see things and sometimes I just need to be careful about what I say and make sure that that energy is invited because sometimes you can just almost like see people a little too deeply that it puts them off a little bit. But projectors are very good with things like systems, things like frameworks, being able to just see a process that just doesn't quite make sense and bringing a lot of efficiency to it. And it doesn't have to be like an actual business system. It's just a way of doing things. I'll use this as my own personal experience. I'm the person that like, if I'm working like a group of friends, we're trying to get together and we're trying to pick a date for things. And it's just this crazy text chain. I'm the type of person that's like, okay, this isn't working. Like, let's do a doodle poll or let's do this. Like, that's a very common way that a projector can just be like, okay, this isn't working. Like, there's a better way to do this and we'll help guide people like to still get the information to be able to set that time up, but in a way that just is a lot more easy in terms of how we use energy and just gets the same thing done, but in a better way. Mm, I love that. So I'm looking at celebrity projectors and Barack Obama as a projector. Yeah. So that one I actually did know, which makes a lot of sense. As president, he's like the, or was the ultimate manager of our country <laughs> at one point. But it's, it's seeing how all of the different departments and things all of the, you know, the different departments in government, how they all work. And I don't know the ins and outs of everything he did, but his gift, I would say, is being able to understand, like connect with all of those different 
departments and trying to find ways to do things better or get things to work together better, like finding ways to make government more efficient. Like that probably was something that he was doing behind the scenes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I When I saw that, I was like, yes, I get that. Yeah. And also something I will say that very much resonates with me about Barack Obama as a projector's he has this very optimistic view of America and believes in the United States so, so much. And so a lot of what he did is he really, you know, holds that vision. Like he sees that vision, he understands that vision. And that was what was guiding him to become president, to make government work towards that vision or keep that vision of that very hopeful, optimistic Mm. view of our country. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like that quite a bit. And then what about reflectors? Are reflectors the most rare type? Yeah, so I think it's only about 1%, maybe 2% of people are reflectors. So I don't want to forget about them. But unfortunately, they just often get, I wouldn't say overlooked, but don't get a lot of time dedicated to them because it is a small percentage of the population. But reflectors are truly the oracles of the collective. So when it comes to their human design chart, they're actually very open. They have a lot of openness to them. So they really are in tune with things like cosmic transits. They're very in tune, empathic to like people's energy, the energy around them. So that makes them very good at almost like, you know, sensing the future or like seeing where things are going and being very much kind of that pillar of a certain community. So they're very much like great with building community, with guiding community, with offering wisdom and insight and coaching to a certain community or tribe or group. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So I was having a hard time finding famous reflectors and Ama is known as the hugging saint. She is a spiritual leader. So that makes a lot of sense with having a lot of that oracle in her and creating that community. I also found out that Sandra Bullock is a reflector too. Interesting. The Ama, the hugging saint, makes a lot of sense to me because she improves the community just by being her, like by offering those hugs. And she's, you know, she helps provide that uplift you know she has a gift that she serves her community with and i'm sure through those hugs like she understands the health of the community she understands that they you know it's like she gives them what they need to to be better versions of themselves you know it's like i've heard stories i don't know a lot but i know i've heard stories of like you know just like open hugs with her like open up people's hearts there's a lot of like crying and emotional release and that totally makes sense to me for a reflector of just like the health and the prosperity of the community is very much like what a reflector is. I don't want to say responsible for in a negative way, but it's like they can guide the health and the prosperity of a community. Mm, That's so good. I like this because I feel like we kind of maybe help people understand some of the archetypes of their type. Mm -hmm. And so for everyone listening, I'm going to put in a link if you're interested in getting your chart. But then I also recommend that you talk to Brie about learning about your chart because there's so many things. There's centers, there's gates. And I'm going to come back after this quick break and talk to Brie about how to utilize your human design and gene keys in your business and, and maybe what that looks like. So I will be back in just a few moments. This episode is sponsored by my free Spirit Guide Masterclass. Inside, you'll learn the five C's of Spirit Guide communication, your role with your Spirit Guides, two proven effective strategies to stop second-guessing yourself, 
and your intuition. And the single most important step to understand your intuitive guidance, along with four ways to perceive your spiritual intuitive messages. You'll also be getting a workbook to go through this class as well. You can join at messengerspirit.com forward slash free class. All right. Thanks for hanging in there with me. So we are here with Brie Keurig. She's amazing with understanding human design and gene keys and how to harness all this ancient wisdom into an easy to understand way. And so I want to get in this conversation about, all right, Brie, we've talked about human design. You've talked about what gene keys are, but what's the purpose of human design and gene keys when it comes to your business? Yeah. So this is something we touched on a little bit before, but I want to give more specifics around this. The biggest thing that I think human design and gene keys are really for is to help you strengthen your connection to your intuition. Because I believe, and Whitney, I know you believe that (laughs) your intuition is the greatest asset and your greatest tool, but it also takes, there's a level of cultivation and practice that comes with strengthening that connection and trusting that connection. Oh, yeah. And taking action with it, correct? Oh, yeah. So I know I'm speaking to the choir and I know your audience as well is like, uh huh. not a groundbreaking statement, but how <laughs> how gene keys and human design can help you with that is that they can give you, like I mentioned earlier, certain clues about things to try to help you, you know, to test. As I mentioned, human design is the science of differentiation. It's an experiment. So knowing that you have certain things in your chart can say, oh, this is a better way for you to do things so that you can test. And within the systems of human design and gene keys, there's tools that help you know if you're in alignment, if you're not in alignment, and you can use that almost as your compass to say, okay, well, this is what my design's telling me. How does this feel? Does this feel good? Does this not feel good? I guess for those of us that are still learning or connecting to our intuition more, it really gives you that map to help you understand what your intuition is telling you and what it's, and being able to then take action on it. So what I love about it is that it's like, it gives you very clear instructions on like, when your intuition is saying, yes, this is an alignment, that's very clear what that is. And when it's saying you're out of alignment, it's very clear. And it also gives you a system of like digging into the why. So like, why is this out of alignment? And you know, what specifically can I do? What new things can I try? What are the common shadows and blocks and things that I come up against that, you know, you can see that all in your chart so that you can become it's almost like just becoming more efficient with that communication with your intuition as you take steps forward in your business. Oh, yeah. So I was learning about myself and I learned that I need someone to ask me the questions for me to have a better response. So what I've and you'll correct me if I'm wrong here, but as a generator, Mm -hmm. like I need to respond to what's in my energy field. So it's like I needed my husband Uh, So everybody listening, can you relate to this? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. My husband says, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, I don't know. I need you to give me the options. (laughs) So he literally is like, would you like this? No. Would you like this? Maybe. Would you like this? Yes, I want that. So that's how we have (laughs) to do this. And I believe it's different with every type. Is that right? Like how it kind of, and probably with each chart. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at, again, at the most basic level, everyone has something called an authority, which is your primary tool of like intuition and intuitive decision-making. So for you, that's your emotional center, your emotional solar plexus. 
which is guided very much by your emotions, but there's seven different authorities. And that's a great place to start. But when you get more specific into your design and your chart, so for you, Whitney, you have a triple split, which this is getting a little bit more in the weeds. So for those of you who don't really know human design, I'll explain in a second. But so you actually have three different intuitive voices helping you make decisions. And so for someone like you, it's a matter of understanding what those three voices are and understanding what they feel like, understanding how to interpret them, I guess, or how and what that means so that you can use them to take action or to make that decision and things like that. And I love using the example. I often use this for things like, what do you want for dinner? Because obviously that's extremely relatable. Everyone needs to eat, but it, these are also things, you know, the way that you make decisions intuitively and the way that you interpret what your in- intuition is telling you. Of course, that can be as simple as something like what to eat for dinner, but this applies. So, you know, as the stakes get bigger, like in your business and things like that, it's really important to understand all of the, the voices or the, the downloads that you're getting and so that you can decipher them in a more like... I keep coming back to the word efficient and maybe that's the projector in me, but coming back to that in a more efficient way. So you're not just stuck in this nowhere land, not being able to make a decision. You can kind of parse out like for you, Whitney, okay, my emotional solar plexus is talking to me. I have a little bit of my sacral center talking to me. I have, you have your splenic center talking to you. And then also you have that, that what we call sounding board or environmental authority as well, just due to the different splits that you have in your chart. So for you, decision-making is a little bit more complex than I would say most people, <laughs> Yeah, but everyone has a little bit of nuance in their chart. And it, the best way is to get started with just looking at your authority, which if you look up your chart on you know any of these free softwares, you'll see what your authority is. But depending on what your full chart is, there might be some nuance beyond that as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, Brie was talking to me and she's like, oh, so sometimes you have to ride the emotional wave, you know, which might be three days. Sometimes maybe it's a yes, next day it's a no. And then, you know, you'll get you'll get <laughs> messages from your spirit guides. And then sometimes you need to talk it out. I was like, yes, that is confusing as fuck. And that's me. And that's what my chart is. <laughs> so I really need to sit with it a lot of the times. And then sometimes I'll get like this, hell yeah, you know, I can't wait to do this. So if you're listening and maybe this is speaking to you, it's interesting to dive into your chart. And I like how how you approach this, Brie, you know, I talk about the intuitive languages being a seer, an owl, an empath or a channeler and making decisions based on that type. But it's nice to have a different methodology to understand how your energy is built. And I like the chart because you can literally see it when you look at it and understand, oh, okay, let me lean into this a little bit more. And now I'm understanding, I've named it. And now I can understand how to process it in a better way, like you said, being really efficient with it. So thank you for that. That's really helpful and insightful for each one. And it sounds like there is a nuance for each type. Yeah. And it's kind of, I wonder, I hadn't done this before, but it's, I'm curious if you're for languages align with, I know there's seven types in human design, but I almost wonder if your four languages align with that because they do sound like just when you were speaking to them, I was like, oh yeah, that actually sounds like this one. Maybe offline we can do something or I can do that, but. (laughs) I think that sounds great. (laughs) Yeah. I think 
especially for for you, like in the situation of your own like intuitive decision making. And like I said, yours is more complex than most people. So I don't want anyone to listening to just be like, oh my gosh, what I'm having enough trouble connecting to one voice. (laughs) How can I connect to three or four? But I, I think like when we talked about it earlier, you know, it almost gave you, it was like an exhale or almost gave you permission to just be like, oh, okay. Like if I don't get this right away, it's because I'm not supposed to. Like there's certain things that decisions that will be made that take a little bit longer. There's some things that I'm just going to know right away. And that doesn't mean I need to sit on it if it feels like a very clear yes. And so I think it's more of like when you understand that you're going to hear your that intuitive voice three or four different ways. I think it gives you permission depending on whatever way. And this is your particular design. The way that you hear it is right for you as long as you understand what that yes really feels like and having that. So in human design, it's called each type has a signature, which is basically your sign that you're in alignment and you have your not self, which is your sign that you're not in alignment. And so by having those guideposts and then you also using that authority or your design in terms of what your intuitive voice is, like that helps you kind of navigate all of potentially the different voices that you're hearing or what is that yes and what is that no and working with that within your own design. Yeah, I think that's that's important. So I know that you're on the Spiritual and Ambitious podcast, so I'm going to talk a little bit about intuition. And I wanted to ask you two questions. Mm-hmm. What does it mean for you or for anybody to have an intuition-led business, which I think everybody listening has or wants to have in some capacity? But also what's interesting, you had talked about maybe there's other leadership roles in the org structure of an intuition-led business. So I want to hear all about that. Tell me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, to me, ultimately, what having an intuition-led business is, is I think it's more important than ever to really trust your intuition. There's a lot of noise online. I think noise has always been there through just ads, through different experts, different, you know, whoever you see on social media and things like that. And I think well, everyone has something to say and it's it's probably valid. I think before just making leaps, you know, or like putting your authority outside of yourself, I think it's really important to always just check in with yourself and see what's right for you because no business is going to be the same. You know, it's like everyone's path and journey is different. And so I what having an intuition-led business is really trusting yourself first or making sure that you are in touch with what is right for you through connecting with your intuition, communing with your higher self and all of those things to make sure. And of course, like you might need expertise outside of yourself. Absolutely. But it's ultimately always coming back to yourself, you know, making decisions or taking action from that space before just blindly like diving in and trusting what other people say you should be doing or what a best practice is or things like that. So it's always kind of having that internal checkpoint first before you leap into something else. I mean, in any context, but we're talking about business here. So (laughs) in that context as well. I do want to ask you, what does spiritual and ambitious mean to you? How does it show up for you and your business? Yeah, I love this question because going back to my story, my journey for so long, I was spiritual and ambitious, but they were in separate silos. (laughs) You know, like I had that career I was chasing you know, and all of that stuff. And then separately in my own personal time, I was spiritual. Yeah. And to me, where the the intersection finally happened and what it means to me today is always having that goal or that vision of what you're trying to create in the world, 
that's the ambition, right? Of just knowing, you know, where your gifts are, knowing what excites you, knowing all of that and like what you're trying to build in terms of your business, but then also understanding that there's so much that we don't know. And as much as we want to try to control the outcome or like get there as quick as possible, that there's so much more happening behind the scenes that our guides are working on all of these things. And so they're having that vision, but also definitely trusting and surrendering to the weird and funny and sometimes comical type paths that we end up taking because (laughs) we don't know everything. Yeah. And just trusting that whatever happens is always for the greatest good. Ah, I love that. I think that's great. So many people feel like spiritual and ambition are just two separate things. And I love that you're in that place where I'm also in this place and everyone listening is, hey, we can combine this. We can be spiritual and ambitious um, in our business, which is great. Now you've got a free workshop series that you are giving to everyone. Thank goodness. I know everyone's (laughs) like, oh yes, like I need to actually understand this more. And this is on human design, marketing strategy, business alignment. And the link is going to be in the show notes. And if you want to say that link, go for it. I want to make sure everyone knows how to spell it. So it's going to definitely be in the show notes for her free workshop series. And Bree, do you want to talk a little bit more about that and where people can find you? Yeah. So that workshop series is called Human Design Marketing Strategy and Business Alignment. If this conversation really spoke to you, I definitely recommend going and checking it out. It's made for no matter where you're at in your human design and business journey. Um, We do talk about the type. So if you're very new, like we do go over that, I teach you how to pull up your chart. But even if you have experience, it goes into the things that you need to be thinking about in terms of your marketing strategy and aligning your business to your human design so that you can just have that intuition-led business and trust what your design and what your intuition is telling you as you take those actions in your business. It's at brecurrect.com slash HD marketing. And, you know, it's a couple training masterclasses. There's a, what's it called? Sorry, there's a workbook that goes along with it. And there's some other free resources when you sign up as well. So it's just free for everyone. It gives you a great start or just a, either start to human design or start in terms of incorporating human design into your business. Awesome. Thank you, Bree, so much for being on this podcast. Please check out her free workshop series. And I will link to where to find her, her website on social in the show notes. So again, thank you, Bree, so much for being here. Oh, thank you. This was so fun. I absolutely loved it. All right. This has been another episode on the Spiritual and Ambitious Podcast. You know that I will see you again next week. But until then, here's to staying spiritual and ambitious. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And if you loved it, would you please share it with a friend? I would also love your review. And a reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find me at messengerspirit.com and you can take the four intuitive languages quiz and find show notes there too. If you want to connect on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram, you can find me at messenger of spirit. If you want to continue the conversation, join my free Facebook group at messengerofspirit.com forward slash group. I'll meet you right here next week. Here's to staying spiritual and ambitious. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.